0: Some people didn't like any of that crap so they invented their own protocol databases right most databases invent their own protocol on top of raw tcp so because they, hey you say we we like a tcp since a bunch of binary it's by direction by default i don't need to use your 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 protocol right I just want to define my own protocol or message format and everything. That people use ROTCP. Ro An example of that is Redis. Redis uses a RESP, I think. They invented their own protocol and they packed into CP in a, in a, in a very compact way. Yeah. So a lot of people use that as well. So it's open, right? But here's the big problem, guys. No matter what you choose as a communication, REST, right? GraphQL, SOAP, TCP. You have your client that sends this communication and your server that receives those communication have to agree. How do they agree? You need a client library. Guys, REST API. If you want to build a REST API, guess what? What is your client library? It is the HTTP library. And if you're lucky and you're building a web application, you just saved your time, right? You don't need a client library because who's your client in this case? You guessed it. It's the browser. The browsers are the biggest HTTP client library on existence, right? And you might say, "Hussein, what, what? Why do we care? Client library, right?" It's a big deal, guys. Having a client library is a huge responsibility because, yeah, if it's a browser, you don't really care, right? If if you make a fetch request or an XHR, and you you call a browser method, the browser actually is establishing the HTTP communication with the server. It it negotiates the protocol via ALPN. It does the TLS for you. It it, it makes sure that the server actually supports HTTP2. If it doesn't, it falls back to HTTP1, it does the headers, it does the streams, it does everything for you. and so you don't have to do anything. You just make your ski request and that's set. your get request, your post request and the browser takes care of it. But guess what? What if you are not on the browser, which is you're a go application. You're a Python application. You are a JavaScript application on Node.js, on V8, right? Guess what? You need an HTTP client library. You need a SOAP library. You need a library that understands the protocol you communicate in, right? So in order to do that, you're responsible for the HTTP library. And you, you must have done that. If you're building a Python application, you import, whatever, the request. Someone is maintaining that, right? It's not for free, right? So the request or curl, for example, similar thing. Someone is maintaining that. It's make sure that it establishes TLS. It makes sure to understand TLS 1.2. It makes sure to understand TLS 1.3 negotiation if you're a communicating with HTTPS. It makes sure to... Negotiate ALPN, application layer protocol negotiation, HTTP2, and the future HTTP3, which is quick, right? It negotiates all that stuff, right? It is a lot of work. Client libraries are a lot of work. And that's what happens, right? A lot of people will use HTTP and a client library on C, sharp for example, and they will build their own application, and their server is actually a REST API, and then they start building that stuff. But guess what? Now they want their servers upgraded to HTTP 2 and their client library is built by someone who just uh, just decided to ditch the library and no no longer maintains it. Guess what? Your client library is still using HTTP 1.1. So you do not take advantage of things. If there is a security problem... Nobody's fixing your security problem with HTTP client, right? So that's the problem with client library. They are hard to maintain. You need to patch them. If there is a new feature, you have to add these features to your client library, right? There is a C-sharp HTTP client library. There is there is a, a Java HTTP library. There is a Python. There is a JavaScript. There is any language must have HTTP library and it became popular. So a lot of people built it, but still someone needs to maintain it. So HTTP client library is the worst. WebSockets is the same. You need a library that understands how to talk to WebSockets, right? The, if you're using browser, problem solved. Because someone else, Firefox is maintaining your library, Chrome is maintaining your library, Brave is maintaining your library. But if you're your own building your own Python application, then yeah, you have to build it yourself. Which kinda sucks, doesn't it? So that's the problem. And there's where GRPC came into. Existence is okay. We can't go on like this. Every time we invent something new, there are a lot of client libraries that comes with it. GRPC, which developed by Google, a lot of people say that it's short for Google RPC, but uh, some people say, no, it's not. And I hate when people does that. It's just like, yeah, it's just tough for GRPC. Uh, whatever. So yeah, so what they did is like, okay, we're going to standardize the whole thing this is the second attempt people tried it in, in the 90s the soap failed this is the second attempt and i think people are succeeding right there are still problems but still i think we're succeeding here we're going to unify the client libraries google or whoever maintains grpc project is going to build the client libraries for grpc because guess what it's a new thing right it's a new client library because we're going to use the HTTP2 protocol, right? We need a client that understands how to talk HTTP2. We need a server that understands how to respond to HTTP2. We need a server and a client that understand protocol buffer. And we talked about protocol buffers. They are on schema, kind of binary format. And they said, let's solve this problem. We will build gRPC for you guys. We're going to build it for you. If you use Python, here's the code how to generate it. Just reference this, and guess guess what? It's gonna build it on the on on, and we're gonna maintain it. If there's a bug, we're gonna fix it for you. Someone else is maintaining that. It's kind of like the browsers if you think about it. Okay, but it became this thick thing, right? Thick library because now it needs to understand HTTP 2 Because, and this is also hidden from you guys as as a as a client and server because. In the future, if Google or, or the open source implementer decided to say, uh, HTTP2 is dead, let's move to HTTP3, guess what? All your client application will just magically work because they are hiding this from you. They are hiding this the fact of HTTP2 back end from you. They are hiding this stuff. Yes, it's stateful protocol, but yeah they're hiding this stuff from you. So if you, the moment you upgrade your client, right, you use the latest version, you just immediately use that, right? And because it's using protocol buffer, it's now language agnostic. So if you have, your client is Python and your server is Go or C sharp, they can communicate because the the protocol buffer, that's a property of the protocol buffers where they are language agnostic, right? They are, Language neutral, that's the correct word, where you build, you compile the proto file into a binary format. And when you send binary format, it is binary format. Who cares? When you receive it, you deserialize it back into native representation, whether that's Python or JavaScript or C sharp, wherever, right? So you can communicate with that. So that's why gRPC was invented. It solves the biggest problem with a client library. And I believe that is the main reason grpc was invented okay and you can start seeing some good and bad about this